Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. For today's podcast, we're going to be discussing a number of global mining projects. And to do that, we're joined by the CEO of Trident Royalties, Adam Davidson. Adam, thank you much for being on the podcast today. Yeah, absolutely. So, as I mentioned there, we're going to be discussing uh, a number of mining projects around the world, but we're going to be doing it from a maybe a slightly different angle that listeners are familiar with, because um, Trident Royalties is a London-listed mining company, a mining investment company, but they specialise, Adam, in uh, streaming and royalties, so slightly different to what pay people may be used to in um, you know, explorers, um, you know, people that are looking at the operational side of things. So before we get into it, to your portfolio and you know the, the ins and outs of Trident royalties, Adam, would you be able to give us some information and, and a bit of a background to people that aren't familiar with mining royalties and how they work? Yeah, sure. So I, I think the key thing you touched on there is we're a, a mining investment company um, in the sense that we're not out there acquiring mining projects and, and looking to put them into production or to operate them ourselves. Rather, we're acquiring royalties and streams over mining projects such that we get exposure to them. And, and the nature of that exposure is, is slightly different than what people may be used to in terms of investing in mining equities. Uh, and, and I would argue um, that, it's, that it's a better style of exposure. Particularly, royalties give us um, a percentage of revenue from the underlying operations. So the critical difference there is that we get a percentage of the revenue they're generating, whereas equities exposure is a percentage of their profit. Um, so they're exposed to cost because profit is obviously revenue minus the cost of the operation. So it, it's really highlighted in the environment we're in today where inflation sort of running rampant. You're seeing that reflected in real assets. So metals prices are, are going up pretty significantly. Um, but also wages and, and the cost of diesel for mine sites and all that sort of um, operating co- cost and capital cost, we're seeing that reflected in, in miners' um, bottom lines as well. So, yeah, but whereas a royalty, you're just getting exposure to that top line. So metals prices go on a tear. Um, all things being equal, if they're producing the same amount of metal, um, you'll you'll see that reflected in the royalty revenue. Um, whereas equities, obviously. They're seeing it reflected in the fact that metals prices have gone on on up, upward movement, but the fact that operating costs are also moving upwards means that they're not getting quite the same style of uplift. So it's a very defensive style of of exposure uh, relative to mining equities, and in some respects, almost a derivative style of exposure. Um, but you're doing so from an instrument that's uh, that sort of sits at the top of the capital structure with regards to who gets paid first and that sort of stuff. So a very, very different style and higher quality style of cash flow. Thank you, Adam. So we're going to go into you know some of the projects that, that you're working on uh, with your royalties. But before we do that, just to give people a little bit more insight into you know the structure of a royalty and how it works. So from my understanding, there's different types of, of, of royalty. It can obviously be done on, on the production of the, of the mine amongst other things. So would you have to just give us you know a bit of context into you know, the different variations of mining royalties that, that are out there and maybe that, that Trident um, have in the portfolio? Yeah, you can you can get pretty cute with the structures. And, and we've, we've got all kinds of varying structures uh, where you know, some have minimum payments on a quarterly basis. 
uh, some of the royalty rate steps down once you've recovered a certain amount of capital. But at the end of the day, they're all effectively just a, a basically a percentage of, of revenue. So, you know, they, they range by and large from anywhere from a quarter percent of revenue up to up to circa two percent is a typical royalty range. A mine can sort of sustain that expense. Um, and, and it's as simple as if they generate a hundred dollars of revenue, then and you've got a one percent royalty. You get you get that a dollar of that revenue. Um, so that 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 is really the style of, of of exposure that I guess I was talking to. Because if your equity and the operation generates a hundred dollars of revenue, but then they've got you know whatever seventy five dollars worth of costs, um, then then your exposure is sort of slightly different, um, and, and particularly in sort of an upward price environment. Fantastic. Thank you. So. Adam, I mean, Trident, uh, you know, one of the first, if not the first mining royalty company to, to to list in London. But from my understanding, there is you know, a more substantial offering of mining companies listed in, in Canada, for, for example. I mean, what sets Trident apart from you know, other other listed companies, maybe here in London and, and those that are listed you know, overseas, possibly in Canada? Yeah, I mean, you really touched on it. So the majority of our peers, you know, the, there's over 20 mining royalty companies at this point, um, and all but one or two are listed on the TSX, the Toronto Stock Exchange. Uh, and, and it really goes back to the inception of the royalty model as a form of financing in the mining industry. Um, it was it was born in North America and born by and large in precious metals to help fund gold projects. You know, the, the miners would raise some equity, raise some debt and the royalty kind of slots in there nicely is it's, it's covenant light relative to debt. There's no fixed repayment schedule uh, and relative to equity, they don't have to go out there and issue their equity. So it's non-dilutive. Um, so it's become an increasing part of the mining finance landscape. That said, it's, it still is, you know, of the circa 70 billion in, in global mining royalty company market cap, you know, by and large, you'd have over 65 billion of that uh, listed in Toronto. Um, so that that's the big differentiator. Is, is we're obviously listed in London. We've got a more global mandate relative to most our peers who, who prioritize North America. And then most significantly, we're looking to build a portfolio that's got broad, diversified exposure uh, to the entirety of the sector. So if an investor says I want to get exposure to, to mining commodities, yeah, you know, as an inflation hedge, or ju- or just to have a, a piece in their portfolio, um, the idea is that they can they can buy into Trident and, and from a royalty perspective get exposure to the entirety of the sector. So everything from copper to gold to nickel to zinc, and and we're, we're we haven't been listed yet two years, so we're making good progress um, on building out the portfolio to give that broad diversified exposure. But but that's our objective, and and most of our peers are are gold focused. So between the geography and the commodity focus. Those are our two real big differentiators, and, and they've given us quite an edge because, you know, these, I think testament to the, the deals that we've drummed up and that, that people can review. Um, these sorts of opportunities are, are sort of still out there to be uncovered, whereas on, in the purely gold space, it is much more competitive. So, uh, followers of you know the, the metals and mining industry, were you aware of the price movements that we've seen in in certain commodities? since the, the beginning of the tragedy that's unfolding in Ukraine. And you alluded to, at the beginning, Adam, uh, you know, the, to the benefits of higher metals prices on, on your royalty. So, so how has the, uh, the conflict in Ukraine impacted uh, Trident as a business? 
I suppose it, it hasn't impacted us directly because we don't we don't have any assets in, in Europe or Asia uh, at the moment. Uh, so no, no sort of direct impact in that sense. Um, that said, obviously, it's you know, for all the wrong reasons. It's, it's, it's having an impact on inflation and commodity prices in general. Um, so we're seeing you know, upward movement uh, off the back of that. And uh, and we do have exposure to that, um, given given the portfolio that we've constructed thus far. We're, we're exposed to that upward movement in, in commodity prices. So, yeah, as I said, sort of for all, all the wrong reasons, don't hate to see it sort of for the, on that basis. But um, but we do have sort of tangential exposure, I suppose, in that sense. So, Adam, we're going to go and discuss a number of your projects in your projects in, in some detail. Um, but you know, just uh, as a note for listeners, there will be a link in the, the notes to this podcast to go through to the Trident Royalties well, website for more information, where you will find a breakdown of the, the portfolio of royalties uh, that Trident holds. So, Adam, would you be able to give us, you know, the, the, just sort of looking there, there's 20 plus uh, royalties within there, but there's a very clear uh, categorization there of the royalties between production, advanced, and, and exploration. People familiar with with mining that that will make sense. But you know, for those people that aren't and are sort of looking at you know your portfolio, would you be able to give us you know a breakdown of the different stages that your royalties are at, and also speak to your diversification in regards to the geographical breakdown of, of the portfolio as well as uh, the, the metals that are involved in your royalties. Yeah, I suppose that's one of the big differentiators in terms of investors looking at getting exposure to mining commodities relative to other juniors. Um, a, a junior miner may have one or two projects that they're advancing, or, or maybe one project that's that's in production. Um, whereas a royalty company, we, we've we've got a two hundred million US dollar market cap, and yet as as you said, we've got over twenty assets, and over fifty percent of our assets are cash flowing and, and generating revenue today. So it's it's a different model in that sense, and that it is so diversified, and that you can do, you can get this extreme level of diversification in a junior company, which which is really impossible to do for miners. So, you know, from an investor perspective, they can either invest in the big boys, you know, Rio Tinto or BHP, um, to get sort of broad diversification, or they invest in juniors to hopefully get more capital growth. But then they've got to feel comfortable picking which junior miner they think uh, is going to have accelerated growth. A royalty company is a nice bridge between the two and that you know, we can still, as a testament to our share price, we can still have great um, capital growth, um, but we're doing so from a much broad, much more broadly diversified portfolio. So you know, we've got assets every from, everywhere from, from Canada, the, the US, Mexico, Peru, Brazil, uh, a few in, in Africa, and then quite a bit in Australia. So very geographically broadly diversified. And then Commodity-wise, you know, I mentioned we listed in, in mid-2020, so not yet two years old. When we listed, we just had one um, paying iron ore royalty, and, and then we've, we've obviously built that out to plus 20 uh, assets and, and spanning iron ore, gold, copper, uh, and, and most significantly in our portfolio's exposure to lithium, sort of a key battery metal. Um, and, and obviously looking to continue to build on that and, and broaden our diversification, both with regards to assets and commodities. But but that's that's really the key overview is, is we've got a broadly diversified portfolio that spans a number of commodities and jurisdictions. So it's a, a sort of relative to a, a junior miner risk mitigated uh, approach, I suppose. So Adam, you mentioned there lithium, and and that's a particularly interesting uh, commodity at the moment. Of course, with the the growing demand for EVs, we're seeing the price of lithium soaring, uh, which 
Now, given what you've just said there, one would expect he's uh, producing some benefits for Trident royalties. And we're going to drill down into one particular uh, project now, Adam, and that's the, the Thacker Pass lithium deposit in Nevada. You know, given the backdrop of, of what's happening in, in lithium, I mean, where does he sit within your portfolio and how excited are you about you know, where this goes and maybe give us a bit of detail if you could please about, you know, where that is and where that fits in, in terms of, you know, is it generating revenue yet? How far away that could be? Yeah. So that on a, on a nav per share basis, Thacker Pass is our biggest exposure in our portfolio. And we're, we're happy for it to be so, to be honest, it's, it's a tier one, one of the, one of the most globally significant lithium assets in the world um, and is located in the U S so a good, good jurisdiction that at the moment has, rapidly increasing lithium demand and effectively almost no lithium domestic production. Um, and it, it's it's now considered a sort of a strategic imperative uh, for this asset to get into production. So it, it's a couple of years away uh, from first production in terms of timing. Um, they've got all their state permits and they actually had the federal permit issued and then just the procedural process for permitting here in the U.S. There's one final chance to, to challenge the permit. Um, which uh, we expect to be cleared in Q3 um, this year. The assets operated by uh, a TSX listed company called Lithium Americas, which is a multi-billion-dollar market cap company. So I think underscores that you know, although we're a junior company, mining royalty company, we do get royalties over tier one assets operated by majors, um, which is a is an important point with regard to the quality of assets in the portfolio. Um, so yeah, I, I think the, the expectation is it. it um, it receives finalization of its permit next quarter, and Lithium Americas has already raised uh, $400 million in, in an equity raise towards uh, kicking off construction of the asset, and they've got good access to capital. So so effectively, once it gets that permit, it's going to kick straight into construction. Um, and a quick overview of, of the asset, it's uh, mentioned it, it's extremely large. The plan is for stage one production to produce 40,000 tons of lithium carbonate equivalent a year. And then stage two to do 80,000 tons a year. Uh, and it's got a planned 46-year mine life. And the resource is four times the size of the reserve, which underpins that mine life. So ample opportunity for them to, to expand production or, or extend the mine life. I'm, I'm, I'm fairly comfortable in saying that it'll, it'll likely be producing 100 years from now. It's, it's just a monster deposit. Um, the, the quick breakdown on economics is at that stage two production profile, uh, when they reach steady state of 80,000 um, tons a year of, of lithium uh, at today's spot price, uh, our royalty would be paying us about um, sixty million a year um, in revenue. So it's it's a it's a very significant number. Now lithium has gone on a run, as as you noted. So you know I don't I don't expect lithium to sort of stay where it's at. Certainly not in perpetuity, but anecdotally I think that gives you a flavor of, of the style of cash flow. Uh, we paid twenty eight million for the royalty. Um, there's also a, a one-off payment um, that's expected when they commence construction of, of about 13.2 million, um, which uh, which is a partial buyback of the royalty. So it steps the royalty rate down. But the numbers I've been quoting you, um, uh, the, the 60 plus million a year, that's predicated on assuming that the operator does exercise that buy down. Uh, it, it makes all sort of the sense in the world for them to do so because it reduces it from a 8% royalty to a 1.75. So kind of a, a gun to the head type scenario where they'd be highly incentivized to, to buy it down. But but then from there, the royalty stays over the project um, for the entirety of the life of mine. Um, and so, yeah, our expectation is that this thing gets permitted this year and um, the operator's still flagging first production in late 24 and then likely sort of really ramping up in 2025. 
And then from there, it's going to run for decades and, and be spitting out cash flow to us as the royalty holder. A pretty, pretty compelling set of, uh, of numbers there. You know, 60 million in, in revenue in the future for a company that's you know, currently trading at a, at a 200 million uh, market cap. And you've obviously got you know, 20, 20 more projects there. Um, yeah, that's a pretty, pretty compelling figures there. Adam, so you know, let's speak to you know the, the rest of the portfolio now. In regards to yes, you know, there's significant exposure there to to lithium. You know, when you're looking, you know, across the rest of the portfolio and the you know the, the commodities that you have there and the exposure that, that you have there. I mean, how do you see that progressing? Is there going to be a focus on you know, lithium and maybe other battery metals out there? Or are you are you looking, you know, maybe at gold as well? Of course, there's gold in the portfolio at the at the moment. But in terms of sort of future investments and how you see the the portfolio evolving over time, I mean, what's your sort of forecast and, and where that goes? Yeah, so the the only mining commodity we won't invest in is coal. But but other than that, we'll, we'll invest in any future uh, future facing metal, or, or I suppose we're prioritizing future facing metals. So in particular, um, those metals that that feed into the, to the green revolution or whatever you want to call it. Um, metals like lithium that are absolutely critical for, for batteries and, and energy storage. Um, yeah, so I think we'd be happy to see more copper into the portfolio. We do have copper exposure, including a, a paying uh, copper royalty, but, but we'd like to see more in the portfolio. We'd love to get some nickel, zinc, tin, all, all those, all those commodities that are, that are pretty vanilla sort of base metals, but, but have a, a battery metal angle, angle to them where you, you can't have this build out of uh, the infrastructure required for, for that shift in energy storage without these metals, that they're irreplaceable. And it's that sort of exposure that our investors um, want us to get. So, And to be honest, it's, it kind of goes back to the strategy with most of our peers focused on, on gold. Um, you know, we, we opportunistically snag gold royalties when and where we can, but but nobody's really focused on this forward-facing uh, metals, and, and so that's that's really the opportunity that we see in the space, and, and where we can expect to continue to build out the portfolio. So, Adam, you initially moved to the AIM um, more than a year ago now, actually, and raised uh, sixteen million at that twenty p. Looking at the share price now, we're currently trading around fifty p. I remember from one of the recent presentations you gave at uh, one of the UK Investor Magazine investor conferences. I just want to quickly touch on some of the incentives you have uh, among the team in terms of where you need to get this this share price to in terms of you know certain levels for for your personal benefit because remembering back to that was particularly um, interesting. Should we be able to just speak to that quickly? Yeah, sure. It's a critical a critical thing I think for investors obviously to ensure that management's incentivized in, in the same in the same way that shareholders are incentivized. So. We're by and large every, everybody's equity focused. Um, that, that's where we really see our incentive, and and in particular, the bulk of our options are are priced at um, at the, the the exercise price is fifty p, so about where we sit today. But um, for the options to vest, they vest in equal tranches from eighty p to a pound twenty. So we we've got to get the share price to those price targets, and then hold it there for a year for each target to vest. Um, so. For the first tranche to vest, we got to get it to ADP and, and hold it there on a volume weighted average for a year, um, and then that tranche of options vests, and then so on and so forth uh, up to up to a pound twenty. So, yeah, I, I think it's a pretty clear indicator of where we expect to see this thing going. We're we're pretty early days, you know, we're just over a year and a half old. As you said, have run the share price from from twenty p up to fifty p, and 
and most importantly, volume and liquidity has increased substantially. So people can can get into the stock in size and get out, and and the liquidity is there to support that. Um, but but obviously, we're 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 not in this to sort of stop at 50 feet. <laughs> the objectives are very clear, I think. So um, so yeah, we thought that was worthwhile make, uh, making making everybody aware of. Yeah, I mean, that's that's something that certainly certainly stuck with me, Adam, when I when I heard that. So just to finish off now, people listening to this, you know, as I mentioned previously, do check out the notes. Go and have a look at uh, the Trident Royalty website to get a flavour for the, the portfolio that we've just discussed. But but Adam, you know, for for current holders and people maybe looking at the the stock, what can they expect from Trident Royalties going forward in twenty twenty two? I think a few things. I mean, we we we've, we've now built up a portfolio that's got um, reasonably substantial revenue. So I think we've, you know, speaking to Thacker Pass and some of those assets that are coming down the track, that, that's where you see some real chunky numbers. And, and to be honest, that's where a lot of the excitement is. That said, our, our revenue from our currently producing assets this year, I think people may be surprised how quickly we've built a, a pretty solid foundation of, of, of revenue, which supports debt service, supports the ability to go out there and, and buy new royalties. So I, I think that's something for people to keep an eye on. Uh, clearly, we, we've done you know over over ten transactions since being listed, sort of averaging a, a transaction every other month. I, I suspect that pace will slow a bit as the transactions are getting larger as we get larger. Um, but that said, obviously we expect to do more transactions this year. Um, so another thing to keep an eye on. And then and then the final thing I'd say is the portfolio in general. Um, as you said, people should go to the website and, and poke around. We've got quite a bit of information there. And I touched on Thacker Pass receiving, uh, expected to receive its final permit approval in Q3. It's events like that that, that can then drive the re-rating of the share price because you know, people people are very enthused by what we've got in Thacker Pass. If they're not entirely comfortable that the permit will be cleared or if it's you know, not their area of expertise, all of these we, we diligence it in detail. But, but if investors just aren't sure, they may be holding back. And, and so what we tend to see is when when events like that occur, it's a catalyst for the share price to move up as the portfolio gets de-risked. So I think between our current cash flow, new future deals, and then and then um, events within the existing portfolio, I, I think quite a bit to look forward to. Fantastic. Adam, thank you for a truly fascinating insight there in, into Trident Royalties. Um, so just a quick note before um, we go, and, just, and Adam's mentioned and I've mentioned do check out the notes to this podcast. There'll be more information there about Trident as well as a link through to the website. Do go and check out the uh, the list of projects there to give you an idea of the strength of the uh, of the portfolio. So, Adam, thank you much for being on the podcast today. Yep, thank you, Jonathan. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed listening to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Please do share the podcast and we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player. The views presented by the hosts and guests of the UK Investor Magazine podcast are in no way investment advice. And please remember all investment involves risk.